Of the sound of the surf gently breaking When you feel in your heart silent waking That's the spirit calling So right from the start Paradise is calling Welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal, Cassidy. And I'm Lava. What do I do after we do the intro to an episode when there's not guests? News? Well, there's none of that. Yeah. Gosh, it's it feels like it's been so long. When was the last? It, the no. last no guest episode was October, which was Goblin King, <laughs> which was one episode previous. The last one we did. It's yeah. been so long. Feels like it's still been two months. That's true. Let's be clear. Um, I just it feels weird to just jump into Twitter questions. I feel like we need to talk for a second. I think the problem is that, yes, we had uh, two episodes with just us, but before that, we had, like, five guests? Yeah. So that's probably what it is. Yeah. So let's just let's just chill and chat for a minute, I guess. I guess so. Just because it would feel awkward to just suddenly go 90 miles an hour through this program. Yeah. Um, how you been? Pretty good. Overall. Feels weird this December. But. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, getting through it. We should plan a thing. I was talking to the others about that. Yeah. Um... How's Pokemon treating you? I Good? Uh, I haven't really done anything aside from look stuff up. I still haven't felt the urge to play it. Ah. But I, I'll probably, fair. it'll probably resurge in a few months. Because that happens every once, once in a while well, I, where I would suddenly get the urge, oh my gosh, I have to play a new Pokemon game right now. And then I'll pull up an emulator of something. But now, if I get that urge, I can just can, yeah. get the new Pokemon. Yes, I I have finally reached the post-game. Nice. Was it fun? I mean, the, the story of, like, the actual main story itself mm-hmm. feels like they were like, let's just cut some of this and put it in post-game. Mm. It's very streamlined i want to say gotcha which is good i want to say it's good okay um it's not like what happens in for example in kalos where it'll (laughs) suddenly be 10 hours before you hit the next gym because you have to go through three different dungeons to (laughs) stop the big bad right in this it's very much a story of doing the whole gym challenge Gotcha. With a little bit of other stuff at the end. But, like, in a good way. That's good. 
glad. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? I can't think of anything. All right, well then let's go to these questions. Actually, these questions will give us something to talk about before we even get to the questions themselves. Right. Um, because I mentioned Star Wars in it. <laughs> we are currently recording in a post The Rise of Skywalker world, or in a pre The Rise of Skywalker world. It's going to air post Rise of post. Skywalker. Yes. But right now. Do you now... have any predictions? Oh, God. Uh, people are going to be great. Uh, greatly happy about it, and people are going to be furious about it. That's my prediction. I don't know anything. I haven't watched like anything since the first trailer. There I don't. Was a trailer. I never watched the trailer aside from that one thing that got revealed. Like that's the only thing I know. Yeah. Um. There was like a couple of scenes from that first trailer that people like to tweet about, like with Ray jumping over a spaceship or something. I don't um, remember. There was months. like a, they played a more recent trailer when I was watching a YouTube video, uh-huh. but also I completely ignored it, so I do not know. <laughs> I don't. I even am think... seeing it on opening night. I I need to get my tickets. I'm probably a little late for that, but I don't actually have anyone to go see it with, so I'm just kind of like, hmm, do I want to go by myself? I don't know. <laughs> I will be with there, be there with you in spirit. Yes. Uh, it's gonna be exciting either way yeah uh, my prediction is that there won't be any porgs in this one probably not which would be an interesting thing to have happen since I think they showed some porgs inside the Millennium Falcon at the end of the last one huh, huh. but who knows who knows I'm excited about the cool new robot that was in the first trailer, and I saw some toys of it like the other day when I went to Target. I don't. It's... I didn't realize there was a new robot. So let me describe this robot to you. Ooh. What if it's a wheel, and then coming off the top of the wheel is like a little nose? Oh my god, that it's sounds adorable, adorable, and I love it. I think it's called like D dash O. I don't know how they're going to say it in the movie. DD. Maybe. That'd be adorable. But like the wheel doesn't even look like a wheel. It looks like an air filter. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Alright, let's dig into some of these questions. We have a question here, a set of questions here from Tanner Vogelsang at Sparky Upstart, and they ask, Does the Dew family celebrate Life Day? So Life Day is now Star Wars canon once again. What? Wait. Yeah, it's in The Mandalorian. Oh, that's right! It It is! Oh my god, I forgot about that. Ugh. And I'm gonna say yes. Sure. I don't remember anything about Life Day. Um, I have not watched the... Yeah, I haven't watched the Christmas special or whatever that was supposedly about Life Day, but it's, it's basically Christmas, I think. But for Wookiees... 
I, mm, okay, so I'll be honest, the only thing I know about Life Day, or the only thing I internalized about Life Day, is there's this one fanfiction where some officer on the Death Star, or whatever, uh, found Luke Skywalker and, and gave that information to Darth Vader as a Life Day gift. <laughs> it was great. And it's just so funny, and I don't remember... Oh god, I need to look it up now to actually, like, say who it was by and everything. But that's that's basically all I know about Life Day. <laughs> it's very good. Um, but I think the answer is still yes, canonically. Scooby-Doo celebrates Life Day. Perfect. Um... They also ask, which Star Wars monster is secretly a sinister land developer? Did I say all of those words correctly? My brain sort of short-circuited halfway through. Secretly a sinister land developer. I think you did. Yes. Oh. I thought for a second I said sinisterly a sinister land developer, and I'm like, <laughs> no. Um, let's see. Seeing how they specified a monster really throws a wrench in my answer. Yeah. Because you know Jabba the Hutt is a land developer. Yeah, of course. You know he's got those real estate schemes going on Tatooine. Yeah. I mean, if you extend the definition of a monster, maybe. The greatest monster was man. <laughs> I'm gonna say Wampa. The huh. Wampa is secretly a sinister land developer. Why do you think it was trying to kidnap Luke Skywalker and mm. freeze him in a cave? Hmm. That's a Scooby-Doo monster if I've ever heard of one. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. I agree. Um, also, I would like to update, I know, uh, the fanfiction, fan The Sith Who Brought Life Day by Ophelia underscore interrupted, just for everyone's reference. It's great. And I also want to give a runner-up answer, which is the big worm on, that lives on that one asteroid. Oh, yeah, the one that is, uh, is the asteroid, basically. Yeah. The Moist Cave. I regret saying those words. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, the waveforms from my laughter are hilarious. <laughs> <sighs> um, baby Yoda power. Uh, which Star it's Wars not... monster is sec secretly baby Yoda power? It's the the third question on this list just says Baby Yoda power, which I'm assuming is a reference to puppy power, but is not the same syllable count. Right. That makes much more sense. I'm guessing just the power of cuteness. I would say that Baby Yoda has much greater power than Scrappy Doo, mm -hmm. for sure. Agreed. Um, like, just the picture of Baby Yoda drinking the bone broth is mm. so much powerful energy. It is. It very much is. 
So, I guess to answer your question, yes? Yes. That is the answer. Uh, and Tanner's last question here is... Er, sorry. Well, yeah, I guess it's two questions that are one question. What is Fred... What is... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what is Fred's favorite Christmas song? Is it Santa Buddy by Mike Bubbly? I don't know. Uh... It would be yeah. That's a really hilarious suggestion. Um. Well, let's look at the facts here. What do we know about Fred, musical taste wise? I know that he likes barbershop quartets. Does he mean Michael Bublé? They they do mean Michael Bublé. Oh, they, sorry. Oh my gosh. They they specifically wrote Michael Bublé, I think, for for the goof. Uh, also, can you just imagine? Uh, that is a, an actual singer in the Scooby Doo universe. That's what it is. I'm, would fit right alongside the Ascot Five. Yeah. So yes, I want to say yes, absolutely. That is correct. Um, I feel like there's a more barbershop song than that one, though. But I'm not sure what it is, which is a shame, because I definitely have to listen to Christmas music all day, every day for the past month and a half. Uh, my sympathies. I remember that. Some of the songs are okay. Right? There's a pretty good version cover of the Grinch on there. Mm-hmm. Like, the lady who sings it goes real hard on some of it, like a lounge singer. Oh, nice. That's what I'm um, talking about. That's, like, my favorite song. Uh, but there's also what I believe might be the worst Christmas song ever written. Oh, dear. Um, I do not know the name of it, and I do not care to know the name of it. <laughs> Um, but I could probably sing the opening line that will get you to understand why I don't like it. Oh, no. So my love, would it be... Oh, sorry, let me sing it, actually sing it, instead of just God. reading it. So my love, would it be enough if I gave you kisses... For Christmas! Like, it's hard for me to sing it because she doesn't sing it. It's like almost a spoken word song. No! That's awful. But it's just constantly her droning the word Christmas after a long pause so you suddenly start paying attention. Ugh! That's awful. Santa Buddy's a, a high on the list. I would say maybe also the Grinch song. <laughs> yep. Um, Alright, so now we have some questions here from Charlie. At magical underscore pride, current displayed name. Charlie at mistletoe fanfic season. <laughs> also, I gotta mention that Tanner's... Uh, display name is 
Tanner Vogel saying, but with a Christmas tree for the A and a snowman for the O. Alright, uh... I think they've had that... They had that display name last time we recorded, too. I feel like they did. They did. I'm pretty sure they did. If the Scooby Gang was in Star Wars War, who do you think would have the Force? Scooby. For sure. Okay, but... Also Shaggy. For the memes. Yeah. Like, my brain is trying to piece together how this would work. Because my, like, I just want to, like, copy and paste characters into other characters' roles. <laughs> and it's like, well, if you want the dynamic duo of man and beast, you gotta have Han and Chewie. I'm like, that is not <laughs> those two at all, though, is the thing. <laughs> no. They would definitely be the Luke Skywalker whining on Tatooine. <laughs> and, you know, they would have the Millennium... Fred would be piloting the Millennium Falcon that's got the paint job on yes! it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm fine with approaching it in the... In the they're just the gang, not necessarily like yeah. superimposed onto actual Star Wars characters, but they just exist in the Star Wars universe. Oh my gosh, and they still are, you know, traveling around and solving mysteries. Hmm. Um. In that case, I want to say Daphne. Daphne would be a good one. I did think about that. Daphne is the only one who would be uh, trained in some form, whichever form it ended up being. Yeah. And then Fred would have Mandalorian battle armor. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, God, Fred is not a Mandalorian. Like, Daphne would be a great Mandalorian. Is how I would approach that. Yeah. I just, I keep thinking about how Fred's suit from Moon Monster Madness just looks like clone trooper armor, though. <laughs> uh. Alright, Charlie also asks, What's one tradition everyone tries to do together for Christmas or New Year's Eve? I'm assuming that C is referring to the gang. Yes. Uh, that's how um, I read it. Um, yes. I would say 100% the meal. Yes, for sure. Uh, I, I'm i imagining Shaggy and Scooby having a competition to eat fruitcake. Ooh. I could see that. Uh, it would be so funny. Like, I'm just imagining the gang has one meal and Scooby and Shaggy have their own yes so it's like they have two separate meals for them they have to it's the only thing that makes sense so there's a total of three meals basically <laughs> um 
I think Fred would host. Yeah. I, I don't think it. they would want Daphne to host because in most instances Daphne is of a higher wealth class mm. almost. In that sort of like extravagant way. Mm-hmm. That or it's in the mansion that Shaggy inherited. <laughs> Maybe so. And finally, we have some... A couple of questions here from Janine at Janine Juliet, current display name, Christmas tree, Janingle Bell's Christmas tree. (laughs) If Velma and Daphne did a gift of the Magi, what would they sell to give to the other person? Hmm... So, my first instinct on this was that Velma would have sold, like, a PDA, like a Palm Pilot-type personal assistant device. Mm. Which means that Daphne probably bought, like... A case? Either a case, or maybe, like... case with the design of a book. A nice charm or something? Mm. I don't know. Because, like, the tr- when I think of things that you would use for that kind of thing, it's all kind of relatively cheap stuff. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Daphne sells her iconic green scarf after Velma buys something that would match perfectly accessories-wise. Yes. <laughs> Maybe, like, a pair of earrings. Mm-hmm. Or a pin. Oh yeah, like a like a brooch. Yeah. Cause that would fit right onto a scarf too. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, the other question here is, what about Fred and Shaggy? Hmm. I don't know what Fred uh would have and would get. So like something these, to do with the mystery th- machine? Yes, yes, the thing. This one is a harder one because obviously you would want to buy Fred something to do with the mystery machine. Yeah. But Fred's not going to sell the mystery machine. Yeah. <laughs> so then it becomes well maybe his ascot collection. Impossible. <laughs> That's not impossible. He did get rid of it for an entire series. It's just in his closet. Huh. It would be really funny if it were the mystery machine. Just for some, like, bizarre reason. Um, It's a vinyl... So Shaggy sold whatever he ends up selling to buy a vinyl record of the Ascot 5. <laughs> uh, their hit song, Don't Touch My Ascot. But Fred sold his record player... To buy... Hmm. Hmm. Something food related. Maybe. But then, how do you sell something food related, and how do you pitch that Shaggy sold something food related? Maybe something to prepare food. Because I'm thinking, waffle iron just popped into my head, for example. Uh, It's not quite up there of what would work, but that's the only thing I could think of. Um, we could, uh, follow it 
the collection theme with, I don't know, hot sauce collection? But what would Fred buy? Um, <laughs> it would have to be something that would go great with hot sauce. Which, for Shaggy, is everything? <laughs> Almost it was just, like, another hot sauce. Oh, yeah. So it could be like, I got you this for your hot sauce collection. But I sold my hot hot sauce collection for this uh, album of the Ascot 5. Uh, okay, I like that. That's funny. Alright, and with that, that's all of the questions answered. So I guess it's time to dig in? I guess so. Actually, no. Let's talk about one of the DVD extras that was there for this film. Okay. I'll admit, is... I did open it, I did start watching it, and I had to stop, because I hate watching interviews of this kind. Like, even if it's super fake, I don't know why I can't watch interviews. It's not great. So, the thing we're talking about is a short called An Evening with the Scooby Gang, which lends credence to everyone who calls them the Scooby Gang, but I <laughs> disagree it's not canonical anyway. Isn't Scooby Gang literally what they call them in the Buffy the Vampire series? No, I meant the, this short. I know, oh, okay. but I'm just like, because I remember saying that before. Mm, I don't know. Anyways. um, It's fine. It's like they do a bunch of dumb interview questions and they answer the dumb interview questions. And Frank Walker's doing the interview voice, and he sounds like um, Cave Guy from Freakazoid. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's nothing of importance. They make a, sh- a Scrappy Doo joke. Of course they do. Because Fred's like, well, actually, there's a sixth member of the mystery incorporated and everybody else on the couch is like, no, no. And like Shaggy's making like a timeout motion with his hands. Like we are not supposed to talk about Scrappy. Oh God. And Fred's like, no, it's the mystery machine. <laughs> and then there's a joke about how Fred's probably romantically in love with the mystery machine. Ah. Speaking of the mystery machine, it's not in this film. This film that we watched this month is Aloha Scooby-Doo. It was released on February 8th of 2005. It was directed by Tim Maltby, produced by Tim Maltby and Margaret M. Dean, and written by Temple Matthews. Starring the voice acting talents of Frank Welker as Fred Jones, Scooby-Doo, and The Weeky Tiki, Casey Kasem as Shaggy Rogers, Gray Delisle Griffin as Daphne Blake, Auntie Mahina, and Local Woman Number 2. Mindy Cohn as Velma Dinkley. Mario Lopez as Manu Tuyama. Ray... Ray Bumatai... Bumatai? Bumatai? I don't know what the emphasis I'm supposed to put on syllables. As Little Jim... Fun fact, it's also the voice actor of Tito from Rocket Power. 
Oh my gosh, I was wondering why that voice sounded so familiar. It's like slightly higher pitched, I think, yeah. for this. Now that you say it, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Wow. Uh, Terry Gar as Mayor Molly Quinn. Adam West as Jared Moon. Tom Kenny as Ruben LaLuna. And D. Bradley Baker as Tiny Tiki, also, or sorry, Tiny Tiki and Surfer on Bike and California Surfer Dude and Local Guy Number One and Wild Pig and Gecko and Flamethrower. <laughs> Woo! And Tia Carrere as Snooky. So, should we just, uh, should we address some stuff at the front or go as we go? I'm fine with addressing it now. Okay, let's let's just do it all now so we don't have to pause in the middle. Yeah. Um. So much like the previous two films that we discussed that are sort of in the same concept of the gang goes to a location and does a mystery there with local, in quotes, uh, monsters involved. Um, this one's not great about any of the parts of that. Um, as noticed by the fact that the monster on this is called the Weeki Tiki, which I I will say is probably better than the Yowie Yahoo. Mm. But still not great. Not as bad as Monster Bigfoot. <laughs> um... And those previous films all took place at, like, actual locations. And this one, Hanahuna Bay, is made up. Mm -hmm. And the volcano does not exist. Mm -hmm. And moreover, there is, like, a quote-unquote Hawaiian phrase that comes up later that is made up and fake and not actually words. Um, and in addition to that, you were talking about some other stuff earlier. Yeah, it, it watching this it was very weird because, from what I understand, uh, l real estate is an actual legitimate issue in Hawaii. Uh, I'm not aware of the specifics, uh, but. Watching this film and uh, experiencing this film and seeing how it falls together was kind of a, uh, hmm, that doesn't seem right. It's, hmm, it was, it was very odd. And I didn't appreciate it, but I am aware that Ugh. That my viewpoint of this is a little skewed, considering I don't know enough. Uh, so going into it, I was it was fine. I accidentally spoiled myself for the ending, because I was looking up something on Wikipedia, and I found out the ending. And I was like, oh, huh. That's a little awkward. So... I'm gonna, uh, now that I've put it down, I'm fine with just kind of like, aside from really glaring things, just kind of letting it sit and just reviewing it. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's, mm, it's odd. Yeah, it's, 
it's not great, but also unlike um, Monster of Mexico, it's not so intrinsically tied to the plot that it's hard to talk about anything without having to stop for 10 minutes. Right. Right. Which is um, why I'm fine so. with putting it down now, saying, yeah, that's uh, not a good thing. And then moving on with it and approaching the rest of the movie as an actual movie. Mm-hmm. So we open this film with a Don Ho song. Don Ho is a Hawaiian musician or was a Hawaiian musician. He passed away in 2007. Mm. Um, most known for the song Tiny Bubbles as well as some Christmas covers and such. This song's fine. It's slow and tries to get you into the concept of, yeah, this is a Hawaiian film, as we get some shots of people surfing and ocean nature and very bad CG dolphins. Yeah, the there is a CGI uh, hummingbird which we follow throughout this entire sequence. And that is conspicuously CGI, but it's not bad. And then we yeah, got to the Yeah, everything else we see in this movie, that CG is bad. Yeah. I want to say it now. Uh, There's other things that show up, but only sometimes, and they're not good. No. Uh, the dolphins were the first really bad ones. Yeah. Uh, what was um, really... As... Oh, sorry. No. What was really weird was that there were some birds in this opening sequence that were just regular animation. So it was it was like, oh, this is really glaring. Um but overall it's fine considering yeah. the time period. Um as we finish up our nature shots and all of that, we end on a sign for the Big Kahuna of Hanahuna contest. And now that I think about it, I'm entirely positive that they called it Hanahuna just so it would rhyme with Big Kahuna. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. It's a surfing competition. People are surfing. We see this guy named Manu. He's really good. And it's pretty much chill, except for when some big Dorcas beat, like, is being rude. Mm-hmm. So he makes the big Dorcas beef it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Get wrecked. I wrote in my notes. <laughs> he deserved it. Yes. He had that kind of face. Yeah. Also, like the kind of face, you know, that the things he says are about to come out of his mouth. And of course they do. Yep. Um, He comes ashore and he talks with Snooky, who is, I'm assuming his girlfriend. Yes. I think they say it later. Yes. Um, and little Jim, who is conspicuously a large man, <laughs> uh, about how he has surfing in his blood and he isn't worried about the mainlanders invading this local event because he's too good at it. Mm-hmm. But little Jim's like, I don't know. I don't think the spirits will like all of these people working, being part of what is supposed to be a local event. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna come up later, but like this is something that I they Velma brings up multiple times as like a weird problem, and then they walk it back. It's like actually this is why it's kind of a problem for a theoretical problem for the spirits, but then they announce later that actually 
This is the fourth annual. Oh. This is the fourth time this has happened. <laughs> only There's only been four Big Kahuna of Hanahuna contests. I didn't catch that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and yet, people are constantly acting like the Big Kahuna of Hanahuna contest is this ancient tradition that's been happening for generations. <sighs> it's been around for four years. I know. It's just... it's it, mm, Of all the plot holes, this one like, is I like... I get it. Like, it's still... like it's, it's still the thing where it's like, oh, well, it still could have been a local event and having people from outside being local ruins mm-hmm. something about it. Mm-hmm. But acting like the spirits are going to be so mad they make a volcano explode. Hmm. Uh. Um, anyways, the Dorcas from earlier shows up and is like, oh, yeah, spirits, ooh, spooky. And then Manu just storms off. And then the volcano becomes active, and we see a bunch of, I'm gonna call them gremlins from here now on out. The credits call them tiny tiki's. A character calls them something different later. They're essentially small little gremlins with a stereotypical tiki mask face. They come out, and we also see the monster of the movie for, like, one of four times. Yeah, it was, like, one second. I didn't even realize that we saw the monster. Yeah, and we don't see it again for, like, another half hour. Yeah. Um, Snooki gets taken. He's, like, yeah, the little gremlins are literally just, like, attacking and hurting people. People are getting injured. Yeah. Things are being destroyed. Yeah. And Snooki is taken and carried off into the jungle somewhere. That's, this would be described as a jungle, right? I felt weird writing jungle, but. I, I guess so? Like, I wouldn't call it the woods. The woods feels too, like. It's, I guess. Northern. Yeah. I don't know. What constitutes a jungle? Um, rainforest? Maybe? I guess. The Hawaiian jungles. That's, like, one of the things that comes up on Wikipedia. Uh, Hawaiian tropical rainforests? I don't know. That is a really good point. I feel like we could be okay with saying jungle. Jungle almost feels like a synonym for rainforest at this point. Okay, apparently a jungle is usually used to describe something that's tangled or overgrown. Okay, then I would say that this is what that is. Because there is a scene later where someone has to take a machete through Yes. It. Uh, tropical or humid climates as well. Okay. Okay. I think jungle is correct then. Mm-hmm. I felt... So I haven't watched Toy Story 4. <laughs> but I have watched the Disney Plus animated shorts of Forky Asks a Question. Because there's a podcast I listened to that someone kept referencing one scene constantly. <laughs> uh, so I felt like I had to. And just the phrase of, what is jungle, made me think of one of those. (laughs) What is computer? (laughs) 
Um, after all this, we cut to Fred and Shaggy and Scooby, who are paragliding. Uh, Fred apparently has uh, only partially read like the manual, which mm, doesn't seem right, but whatever. I'm really curious about where they got these uh, paragliders from, because you'd think it'd be like a rental place who had, you know, training classes, but whatever. Uh, it's not I like think they Fred crash. just bought them. <laughs> he probably could I have. think Fred's, Fred's, Fred's the kind of guy who just buys outdoors equipment. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Like, you know he owns, like, five kayaks. <laughs> Perfect amount. Scooby gets his own kayak. Everybody kayak. <laughs> you, Shaggy and Scooby don't kayak, they share a canoe. There we go. Um... So they fly off. Uh, Scooby and Shaggy are, you know, scared, like usual. Uh, for yeah, they good are reason. tandem hang gliding, I should mention. They, they do not have separate hang gliders. Fred has a separate one. Yes. Shaggy and Scooby are sharing. Yes. Um, then we end up cutting to Velma and Daphne, who are taking photos of nature and everything. Uh, we find out that... Oh, hold on. I, I think you missed the part where Fred admits... He doesn't know how to land. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I said par- partially read the manual. Uh, he didn't read that part. You would think. Yeah. That would be like one of the first things. Yeah, Shaggy and Scooby are freaking out. They're like, actually, no, this is fine. Um, but Fred, I've always wanted to know, how do you land one of these things? <laughs> I don't know. I never got that far in the book. Yep. Oh, Fred. Uh, but yeah, they're taking pictures of local wildlife. Uh, apparently... They were invited by the Goha Aloha Company, so Daphne could design a line of swimwear. All expense paid trip? Yeah, the plan is apparently Daphne is taking pictures of wildlife and then is going to maybe like crop some stuff and then silk prints of the designs onto the swimwear. That is the impression I got, yes. Because she's talking about how she wants a picture of a gecko... On the swimwear. I wish we got to see a picture of the swimwear at the end. Yeah, they didn't really we don't. do that, did they? We do get, like, some closure on it. But nothing of importance. Um, after they talk about it and are at the computer, Fred lands gracefully as Shaggy and Scooby just crash. Yep. Um, and they see a bunch of tourists leaving and getting away from Hanahuna Bay. Mm-hmm. They all think, all of the tourists are like, oh no, it's spooky, and there's evil spirits, and it's haunted. You know. You know. The things that happened in the Scooby-Doo film. Mm-hmm. Um, so the gang is very interested. Scooby and Shaggy, uh, are only convinced to go... Because they're promised macadamia nuts, which, relatable. This film is obsessed with macadamia nuts. It's it's the Scooby snack of this film. And I did not look it up, but I'm presuming it's because of Hawaii? Yes, from what I understand, I did not look this up either. Except to look, look up macadamia nut pie, which looked amazing. 
Um, it sounds better than pecan pie. Apparently, it is literally just pecan pie, but with macadamia nuts instead. Uh, it was the world's first commercial macadamia nut farm. Huh. What a weird fact to try to incorporate into a Scooby-Doo film. Yeah. I mean, macadamia nuts are really good, so I can understand why Scooby and Shaggy would be convinced to go. Um. Hold on. Yes. It doesn't sound like they're native to Hawaii, though. It sounds like the guy introduced them to Hawaii Mm. for a at a sugar plantation. Oh dear. Which starts to get a little bit sketchier the more we read about it. Let's just ignore macadamia nuts. And continue. Oh, originated and grown in Australia. Huh. Huh. Welp. Alright. I guess we'll just set that down and let it sit. Walk away slowly. And walk away slowly and continue. Um, oh, so Hanahuna seems nice. Mm-hmm. Like, this, the town. It, probably for good reason... Reminds me of the town that we see in um, Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch. Yep. Yeah, I want to say like they named that town at some point. Is it just Honolulu? Lilo and Stitch did come out three years before the Scooby Doo film. Uh... I've got the town name. Unfortunately, I am incompetent at pronouncing things. By reading them, and that includes English, so um, can you can put it in the thing so I can read it? Yes, I will. Here's that, and then I'll link the. Is that is it Kauai, Hawaii? I want to say. Hmm. Oh. That was so I was reading the island name. Oh yeah. Like which island it was. Um, the town seems to be Kokawa Town. Okay. Is how I'm going to pronounce it. It could be very wrong. Probably. I don't know. Unfortunately. Lilo and Stitch is a good movie. Oh, yeah. We should do that. Um, bonus series where we talk about some episodes of the Lilo and Stitch cartoon. <laughs> yes, perfect. I grew up with that one, so I'm down for that. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, so they're walking through Hanahuna. They find a place selling poi. Shaggy and Scooby taste it, aren't super into it, and add hot sauce. And then continue eating more without adding hot sauce. So that was interesting. Yeah, that's... What a strange thing to do. I mean, they, they like hot sauce, I guess. That's a thing that's been established. Yeah, but this is the only time it comes up in this film. Yep. Just running gags, I guess. Huh. Movie spanning running gags. Running gags out of context. Yeah. Are a strange thing. Yeah. Um so they they're trying to meet with Jared Moon, who is the contact uh for Goha Aloha. Yes. Uh Turns out he is selling uh, charms slash talismans to tourists to ward ward off the Wiki Tiki. Yes, he's definitely being one of those tourist trap types. Yes. Your Grunkle Stan, if you will. Yeah. Um, 
but apparently this is just a side gig. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to working with Goha Aloha, um, he seems to also be living out of a company van. <laughs> Uh, Fred does tell him it's a nice van. Shame about the color, though. Yeah. Um, so, Jared Moon, voiced by Adam West, gives us the rundown about the Wiki Tiki and how it's an ancient spirit who dwells on Mount Pulanana. So, Mount Pulanana, is that, that's how everyone says it in this movie, but in the captions that I watched... It was written as Mount Pulana. Hmm. And I wonder if that's a case of where someone said it wrong the first time and then everyone else just ran with it. <laughs> Maybe. I could or see what. it. Um, anyways, the spirit's 10,000 years old and requires a human sacrifice. Yep. Uh, and Manu and Jim show up and are like, yeah, that's pretty much right. That's pretty much correct. Uh, so, let's see. And the gang uh, is told that Snooky was kidnapped. Yeah. And at all of this talk about monsters and kidnapping, the mayor, Molly Quinn, shows up. And dismisses them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't scare off these nice kids, says Mayor Molly Quinn, a.k.a. Ellen the Generous. <laughs> Uh, Hanahuna is, quote, <clears throat> these are all vague paraphrased quotes here. Hanahuna is nice. There's no such thing as evil spirits, etc., etc. Um, you're more likely to be struck by lightning than to be haunted by an evil spirit or something like that. Uh, to then, be sacrificed. Yes. Um, uh, crack a bone. And then it immediately starts storing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So they all run to take cover and they continue talking because little Jim and Manu are complaining about mainlanders participating in the surfing contest. And so the mayor, who points out that she got 51% of the votes, sticks by her decision of opening it up to everyone. Yeah, when was it uh, opened also, up? <laughs> Two years in? Um, no, it would have had to have been this one. Three years oh, in. Oh yeah, that's so right! For the fourth annual. Uh... So here's what's weird. Here's what's really weird. So uh-huh. the um the jerk from earlier in the movie, who was rude and got shown up, mentioned at one point, I don't know, I think this was earlier. Maybe it's later. Mentions at one point that this year will be the year someone else wins. So I don't Well, yeah. I don't well, so that doesn't mean Manu has won the last three years in a row. Mm. Um, when it was all just local talent. And now that it's opened up to everyone, surely Manu's not as good as anyone else. Yes. Anyway. It's weird. Uh, there's also a running gag where the mayor's constantly trying to get reelected. Because that's the joke you do when you have a mayor in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see. A mayor doesn't believe in the spirits, and Manu and Jim storm off. And then the local realtors are hosting a party tonight with free food. And so the gang are like, yeah, we'll stick around and try out the food. And we meet the host as we jump to the party. The host is Ruben LaLuna. 
and he's getting everyone excited for the stuff that's going on, so they'll stick around for the real estate presentation. Slash, like, a volcano with ice cream explosion. That definitely gets uh, Scooby and Shaggy's attention. Yeah. Um, there's Limbo going on. Shaggy is very good at Limbo. Scooby uh, cheats and digs a hole and goes under and then wins. Yeah, Scooby, every time Scooby wins something in this movie, which only happens twice, he should not have won. No, 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 no. Uh, let's see. Um, meanwhile, Velma is talking to Manu and Jim about the monster, and they think the spirit is mad because of the mainlander surfing and Ruben selling real estate for the area. And that's that's their thoughts on why the monster's mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manu gives a history lesson about a ship that came here in the ancient past, and how the sailors, when they set foot on the island, the spirits were mad immediately and exploded the volcano, driving them away. Um, Daphne and Velma are both like, yeah, I think the spirits might be overact- overreacting a bit this time. It's like, an invasion is one thing, a surfing contest is another. But also, like, you could view gentrification as, like, a different type of invasion. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a whole conversation that we do not have the time nor the resources to unpack. Nope. Uh, the volcano starts acting... Like it's active, we see the smoke, we feel the shaking of the ground. As Reuben and the mayor are constantly like, No, it's fine! The volcano's dormant! It's fine! <laughs> and then the gremlins show up. <laughs> and there's some chase scenes as the tr- gang tries to get away from the gremlins. And Daphne is almost kidnapped, but in the first of several instances of Daphne being very good in this movie... She saves herself using quick thinking and grabs the limbo pole, knocking her off of the gremlins who continue to run away. Yep. Uh, Reuben and the mayor are upset because their party was ruined, and Daphne sees that one of the gremlins has dropped a necklace that apparently belonged to Snooky. Uh, Ma'anu tells us that the gremlins are called Hahona Lohavas, which, as I mentioned before is fake words Mm -hmm. that he says basically means that they're the spirit's henchmen that'll do its bidding. Um, The gang decides to look around. Velma doesn't know why the spirits care about the surfing contest still, and the plan is to have Daphne enter the contest so the spirits will attack again. I mean, they don't really need to, but okay. Yeah. Like, they've already tried to kidnap Daphne, and Daphne wasn't in the contest. Um, Fred did offer to be in the contest, but then everybody's like, Fred, you can't surf. (laughs) I did like that. The the reveal is like, well, one of us can surf, Daphne says. And then we cut to the next day, I'm presuming, or later in the day. It is, well, the party at night means... It's the next day. Mm-hmm. Daphne is surfing as the others keep an eye out from air, land, and sea. Mm-hmm. Fred is on the glider again. Shaggy and Scooby are just walking around while Velma is in a boat. 
Um, I will say uh, bad driving practices and gliding practices. Uh, Fred has both the walkie-talkie and the uh, binoculars in his hands. Is not actually steering at all, which is hilarious. Um, and then Velma has the walkie-talkie and is uh, uh, driving the boat with one hand. I think she lets go at one point, which is what made me being like, what? Um, but I don't, I don't, it's so funny. Um, also, Shaggy and Scooby are hearing some monster growls in quotes. And so they jump away because they're like, we got to get away from the monster. And they drop their ice creams that they had. And it's just a pig. A wild pig. And the pig. pig eats the ice cream. For reference, it is a uh, wild pig. Yes, it is a wild pig. Um, Shaggy and Scooby then decide to tandem surf for a bit. And then they've apparently spent a whole day out there because they're about to head home to give up. Right as the Weeky Tiki surfs out of a curl on a wave and chases Shaggy and Scooby. And can apparently breathe fireballs. <laughs> uh, for the record, feral pigs are an invasive species in Hawaii. Comes up in a lot of related media, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment where Shaggy hung off of the monster's face and no mask came off. I figured I would point that out. Yep. Very realistic. Um, they end up on a sea-doo with the pig and are still being chased as the monster, or sorry, as Daphne surfs by and stunts on the monster. <laughs> she just surfs off the top of the wave and just like stomps on its head with the board. <laughs> it continues surfing away. Um, Velma boats by, takes some pictures of the monster. Eventually, the monster gets knocked off its board and smashes into a rock before it paddles away and the gang loses sight of it. Mm-hmm. And Daphne says, there's something familiar about this monster. Could be anything. Could be anything. They've run into a lot of monsters. Yeah. Maybe it was uh, the creepy creature of Creepy Crag all along. <laughs> Uh, let's see. They decide to head home to the, to their hotel, and they find a note stabbed into the door that just says, Begone. Or, sorry, Begone. I uh, mean, that's basically what Fred read. Fred read Begoni. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's written in blood? I don't know. It's written in red stuff. It's ri- It's written in drippy red. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, Fred can't read. Um, it's apparently attached to the door by a, quote, ancient spear. So they assume it was from the monster. Mm-hmm. Um, the mayor shows up and basically asks the gang for help without saying as much. Because the monster thing is really stressing her out. And then Manu and Jim show up and they're like, you should go talk to the reclusive and mysterious Auntie Mahina. And Manu says that he'll lead them to her. Mm-hmm. On the way there, they're chatting about their suspects, like Jared Moon and Reuben, who both are sort of like, I get why you would suspect Jared, but Reuben's trying to sell land, not buy it. Yeah. 
So I, I get maybe wanting to buy it while it's cheap so you can sell it high. But I don't know. Uh, they get out and cut through the brush, or they get out of the van, their rental van. It's not the mystery machine. There's no mystery machine in this one. Mm -hmm. But the rental truck van has the mystery machine colors. Yes, because I've got to wonder, does that just come that way? And Fred got lucky? Or did he request yeah, Manu it? specific. Manu makes a point of saying, "Like, hey, I, a nice, nice vehicle. Uh, not a big fan of the colors, though." And Fred's <laughs> just like, "Eh, it works for me." <laughs> um, of note is, uh, Manu actually directs them into off road. Yeah, they say. Um, he says that the only way to get there is through the woods. There's no main road there. Mm-hmm. Important note. Yep. Um, and then they get out to cut through there, and he's got the machete, so he's cutting through everything and leading the way. Um, and Manu's like, wait, do you hear that? It's the monster! Run away! And they all run off. They all believe him and run away. Um, he says this right after he says, like, oh, you guys won't get lost with me around. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then as they're running away, he's like, no, I have to get... Snooky back and runs towards where the monster apparently is. Yep. We immediately hear a scream. And then a roar. Mm-hmm. And the gang and when, tries to go find him. And he has disappeared. Yep. Leaving behind only a s- scrap of fabric and a busted machete. Super busted machete, by the way. It looks like it's aluminum. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then they try to find Auntie, Ma- or Auntie Mahina on her, on their own. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Daphne, in another instance of being very good in this film, yes! uses her hair to check the wind direction to find the, co- like, find which direction is north. Yep. Because she knows where, uh, the wind comes from. Yeah, this island is known for its, like, as a... Prone to having northern winds. Yes. So her hair flows behind her, so she points in the direction that she's facing. And then they're off. Yep. Daphne's so good in and this they, film. They have to cross a rickety rope bridge, and right as like everyone's getting across, Daphne's the last one, and it breaks, but then she uses some dental floss from her purse as a grappling hook. Yeah. She does lose her rescue pu- purse, herself. Though. Yeah, it, but it doesn't really, like, it's not like she lost anything else in yeah. it, really. Yep. Like, we see some lipstick and stuff fall out, Here, but she doesn't even lament it. She's just like, here's the th- got the dental floss. Here's the funny thing that was to me. The bridge didn't, like, snap and break and fall completely apart. It's just wherever she stood at the time broke and she fell through. She could have used the dental floss to lift herself up to the bridge and continued. No, she used the dental floss to wrap around a tree on the other side of the bridge and swung to the cliff and climbed up. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so silly, but it's so good. Uh, so they find Auntie's... It's sort of spooky looking hut in the middle of a spooky looking area. I love Where she's just sleeping on her rocking chair. Here's the thing. There's like, it looked like a painting 
it was so spooky um, when when Shaggy opened up the leaves and looked in, and it was like, oh wow, that's like really detailed, um, and it looked really good. Yeah. Um. And so they wake her up and tell her that the monster took Manu and Snooky, and she's like, oh no, let me consult some bones. It talks about how the monster is angry because the big kahuna has to be of Hawaiian blood. That's why it's mad about the contest. This tradition that's only lasted for three years. Yeah. Uh, so she does the ritual and says Manu and Snooky are going to be sacrificed to the volcano. And they have to go through spooky caves and stuff to stop the monster. The spooky caves and stuff is a direct quote. <laughs> Um, and then she gives them a necklace made of a specific root, I did not write down which one, to protect them from spirits. It's the only way that it'll work. Nothing else will stop the spirit. It's the only thing. Okay. Thinking about this, oh man. I, I remember there was another situation where, watching the movie, I thought to myself, this person is in on the scam. And I don't, I, mm, it feels so weird. Yeah, because, like, it's one of those things where it's like, are they in on the scam? Are they in on the scam? It's never revealed, but it certainly feels like it, knowing what actually happens. But also, why would you give them the necklace if you're in on the scam? Well, because it didn't work. Yeah, but why would you give them something that doesn't work? They would notice that it didn't work. Oh, that's a good point. I was thinking giving them a false sense of security. That's true. But who knows? Um, anyways, they go like, hey, so how do we get back? And she's like, well, there's just a main road right outside. Hmm. Yep. Uh, so the mayor is holding a meeting to try to console the public and let them know the contest will continue. And Jim freaks out about the monster taking Manu and is making a big fuss and blames the mayor. And the mayor continues to stress. And the gang goes out to solve the problem, so they search around the lagoon that they last saw the monster at to try and find the lair. Uh, and all the way there, we get a very good line. Uh, Fred asks Shaggy, where's your sense of adventure? And Baggy, Shaggy says, back at the hotel. <laughs> I did like that line a lot. Because uh, they were very insistent on going back and staying in the hotel. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so it turns out the lair was hidden behind a waterfall. The whole time. And it looks like it's mostly just rocks, but then Daphne slips and falls through a secret passage into the lair. Uh, we see some wall carvings and such, but we don't actually get any d descriptions from them. Yeah, no, no, no actual, like, oh, hey, like, not even Velma commenting on him. This seems to depict the Wiki Tiki sacrificing humans to appease itself or something. Right. Also, um, hey, there's a dead tourist in here. Uh, that's Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> he died. <laughs> And he's here now. Yeah, apparently. Um, there's also a bunch of bats. And so they're like, be quiet. And then Scooby sneezes and then they get chased by bats. Um, 
And they're like, why does the monster want to sacrifice locals if it's mad at the mainlanders? Maybe it's to teach the mainlanders a lesson? Maybe it doesn't care who it kidnaps? Who could say? Um, there's like a mini cave-in like that destroys the path back. And they find some stone steps that take it up to the summit. As more gremlins show up and surround the gang... So previously they had only been in 2D, but now they're in the very bad 3D, and I'm not entirely sure why. I don't know. Like, cost? it's the same number that they drew earlier. I guess it would be cost, because at this point they can just sort of copy and paste them. Right. Um, once you animate it, you can just, you know, drag and drop. And of course you still have to render everything, but that's a matter of time, not labor. Right. Uh, so to escape, Scooby finds a secret cave in some bushes, and then they eventually make it past some steam geysers, no, steam geysers, <laughs> and a lava river to the sacrificial altar, and find Snooky, who screams and then runs away into a cave. She must be terrified out of her mind. And runs away from them. <laughs> Uh, as the gang tries to follow, the monster comes out of the very same cave and spits a fireball at them. <laughs> so Shaggy and Scooby are bribed by a macadamia-flavored Scooby snack, just a single one, um, <laughs> to distract the monster with a ukulele song that is almost definitely about having sexual intercourse in Hawaii. <laughs> I did not pay attention to the lyrics at all because I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh god. On a moonlit night, the time is right for some kissing and hugging in Hawaii. And if you treat me right on this moonlit night, we'll be smooching and cooching in Hawaii. Um, the final phrase that made me say this was like, then we'll be smoochin' and coochin' in Hawaii. Oh. I see. Huh. And I'm... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a show for children. Yep. Well done. Um, the monster chases them, and then Fred, Velma, and Daphne drop a rock slide on it. Sending it deadly close to the lava, but it manages to climb up a stinking, a sinking statue, not a stinking one. Well, although it probably, probably smells like sulfur down there. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, uh, lava high uh, is still deadly, even that close. Like it doesn't matter. You yes, don't have to course. fall into lava to die. You can just be close to lava to die. Don't worry, I won't kill you. The phrase close to lava to die is very funny. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, it chases them into the cave that Snooky went into before. They find her, and they all get chased by the monster, who is then tricked into running into a wall so hard it causes the cave to start collapsing. And then Velma does an Indiana Jones slide underneath some falling stone and then grabs her glasses off the ground like indiana jones grabs his hat Mm -hmm. this movie becomes very indiana jones in the back half Mm -hmm. 
And by back half, I mean like the last 15 minutes. Um, most Basically the moment they go through the waterfall. Yeah. Monster survives and digs its way out. Snooky leaves them further along to find Manu. But then the gang gets trapped in a room full of snakes as the monster steals Snooky again and closes a stone door behind them. Uh, of note is she directed them to this room. And... She stayed behind near the door when they were moving forward and then was captured. And when the monster comes in, Fred tries to use the necklace, which does nothing. Yep. Mysterious. Mysterious. It's a mystery. So in this room full of snakes with no way out, they see an opening near the top. So they have to cross the room, and Shaggy decides to snake charm them with a ukulele. Which, theoretically, would work, because isn't, like, the main part of snake charming the motion? Maybe? I think so. There are not nearly enough snakes for them to be this, this worried. It's a lot of snakes. That's true. But I... It's like, it's literally that scene from Indiana Jones with the room full of snakes. It is. It is. I guess these also would be vipers, maybe? I don't know. They're green snakes. Yep. That's what we know about them. Um, They live underground. Um, So, they climb some roots to get out. Uh, and as they get out, Shaggy and Scooby, guess, bump into the rest of the gang, so they end up going down one of those split river water slides, that, like in the Goonies. And they splash down, and they find a secret stash of the gremlins that turned out to be robots. And they also find a big machine that fakes volcanic activity yeah, it by basic- using steam. It basically just pours water into the lava to create white steam, by the way. Even though it turns black in outside shots. It's like such a huge bucket of water, too. It's like... Yeah. You industrial. know when you see like those industrial videos of like melted steel? Yep. It's a big, just full iron pot yep. of just water. Yep. I thought to myself... I Never mind, never mind. Oh. I thought you were going to say, and you thought to yourself, what a wonderful world. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I thought to myself, oh, that's a lot of obsidian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, I hesitated because I haven't actually played Minecraft at all. Um, it's fine. You don't need to, <laughs> to understand that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we've got a lot of clues now. Uh, we got some more clues here because we also find the monster surfboard, which has the Goha Aloha logos on it. Yep. Which were apparently also visible in the pictures that Velma took earlier, but is only bringing up now that they've seen it a second time. Yeah. It was not visible, from what I remember. Yeah, it was not visible actually in the scene. It's only visible in the photos. And also, the photos weren't actually brought up until after we've already seen the surfboard, so the photos were no, not actually important. No. 
They, you know, mm, they didn't even need to have the surfboard in this room. Ever. They could have mentioned it a million years ago. I prefer having the surfboard here than having it be in a picture that Velma took. Right. So one or the other, be- not both. Because, like, you could theorize that oh, that maybe the logo was on the bottom and you wouldn't have seen it when it's surfing. Right. Um. Anyways, they climb up a ladder that's there and they escape and they're like, okay, let's go set a trap at the contest. And this is when we learned that it's the fourth annual contest. Yep. Um, and the gang begins to execute their plan, which seems to basically be, let Daphne be good at surfing. Yeah. And then the monster will show up. When the monster shows up, it starts mostly just attacking Shaggy and Scooby. Who are on land, by the way. Yeah, it just like shoots a bunch of fireballs at them before they head out to the ocean. It's like, man, what did they do? Uh, and then it starts to chase Daphne for a little bit, and Fred tries to drop a net on it. But then the net is burned up because it can breathe fire. Mm-hmm. It also lights the hang glider on fire, but Daphne does a cool U-turn to splash some water to put it out. Heck yeah. Um, the monster chases Daphne and Shaggy and Scooby back and forth, you know, sort of like changing its target. Um, before, you know, the wave gets too big for it and then the monster beefs it again. Um, and it just washes up on shore and then doesn't move at all. No, it's not captured or anything, it's just exhausted, apparently. Yep. So all of the gang has a theory about who it could be, but all of them are wrong because it's actually... Manu! Manu. Yep. Both he and the monster are rad surfers. Think about it. Mm Mm-hmm. He faked his own kidnapping to discourage the gang. He and Snooky were doing it for a real estate a real estate scheme, and Snooky was buying up all of the property that was now selling for cheap because they wanted to surf all the time and can't afford it without having money. Also, it turns out that Snooky is a rocket scientist and a robotics expert. Mm-hmm. And that's why the little tiki minions are there. Yep. She made them. And also, oh, yeah. my gosh, why didn't she just sell them? Also, why couldn't we have got any of this cool information about Snooky at the beginning? Why did she just have to get kidnapped immediately? Yeah! Uh, anyways, they wanted to, yeah, they did the thing for the money. And before they get arrested, Manu says, well, at least I'm still the big kahuna. No one can take that away from me. And the mayor's like, nah, actually, it's the dog now. Yep. Even though... It should have been Daphne. It should have been Daphne. Daphne was, one, actually in the competition, two, better at surfing. Mm -hmm. I am convinced that the, uh, mayor just did this because she wanted to, you know. Because it's very rude to say, no, you're not the big kahuna anymore. The dog is. It's the dog. Yeah. That's, I am convinced, that's the only reason. Uh, Scooby also wins a year's supply of macadamia nuts. Which a truck shows up. (laughs) It just dumps macadamia nuts on them. uh, Just by the can. From what I understand, year supplies of things do not work that way. (laughs) Yeah, it's just sort of like a set amount. Yeah, it's like um, (laughs) brought in, and it's mailed to you over a certain period of time. Yeah. Um, there's another party. 
The company loved Daphne's designs. Which we don't get to the see. The gang jokes. Yeah, we don't get to see them. It's a shame. Mm. The gang jokes about being meddlers. The robots show up again in 3D and start hulahing because Scooby-Doo has the controls. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Aloha. Hit the credits. The credits song at the end, I think, was alright. <laughs> and then we get the shaggy one. At the very end. Yes, we get a we get a reprise of Shaggy's sex song. <laughs> and by no, I don't mean it wasn't me. A different Shaggy sex song. <laughs> uh, so that's the film. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of it? Uh, I'm going to only approach it in a Scooby Doo manner. I think it was somewhat decent. We've had worse mysteries. We've ha- had worse reveals. I think. That there is much less, much, much less um, justification on certain things. Like, there is no build-up for the robots. And robotics expert. And rocket scientist. What? Yeah. What? It's not great. It's not great. It, I don't appreciate, um, it didn't make sense why they did it. No. How they went about it. I can understand capitalism. That's always the villain in Scooby-Doo movies. And mm-hmm. everything Scooby-Doo. But the approach to this was ridiculous. Because I'm I'm thinking that the only reason why it was real estate. Is because they could have a real estate agent be, you know, the red herring. Yeah. One of the red herrings. So, <sighs> what did you think? I I thought it was, like, before I talked to you about it, I didn't have quite as much context for a lot of the stuff around it, so I thought it was just like, this is a, a middle-of-the-road Scooby-Doo film. Um, it, I'm going to rate it, I would probably end up rating it a little bit higher because Daphne does a lot of fun stuff. I can understand that. Pretty much that. where I landed I do it. like Daphne. And her entire uh, awesomeness in this film. Yeah, it's definitely a highlight and an otherwise unnoteworthy film. Mm-hmm. Um, after talking to you again, I would probably end up rating it a little bit lower. Um, probably not at the bottom of the list no. still. It is not Monster of Mexico. Because God, I forgot that that's where that ended. Yes, up. it did. Um, I would say it's a much tighter film than Monster of Mexico. But so yeah, ignoring everything else because we have to. Otherwise, we would get into a huge discussion that we do not have the resources for. Like you said, um, it is a much tighter film. It didn't go super wild with just random stuff uh the robotic bird still comes to mind and that whole side story um yeah the traveling to uh the auntie like actually kind of fits it's not nonsensical because yeah it was there because the guy needed to get away from them and also discourage them from exactly doing stuff exactly uh, Which is much better well, than even what uh, uh, the vampire one did. 
Legend of the Vampire. Yeah. I almost said Music of the Vampire. Uh, I would say it's got a pretty decent mystery. I think pacing wise, it just feels like an episode of the show that happened to be longer. Like at no point did I feel like, okay, this is dragging on too long. I managed to watch the whole thing in one go. I didn't have to pause and take a break. Mm -hmm. Like I have to add to before with other movies. Right. So like overall, it's fine. Let's take a look at the list. How does this movie compare to Zombie Island? I want to say it's worse. I agree. Sure, let's go with that. How does it compare to Scooby-Doo in Arabian Nights? I think it's better. Alright. How does this compare to... Scooby-Doo, Legend of the Vampire. Hmm. Hmm. I think as a film overall, it's... It's fine. ...better. Yeah. Um, I, I also like Legend Daphne. The... Like, approaching yeah. it from a Daphne gets to do awesome. You did it, Uncle Scooby! You got the star creature right where we want him! Ruff! Ruff! And double! Ruff! I like it better. Legend of the Vampire doesn't really stumble over as much when it comes to the cultural stuff, aside from all of the indigenous stuff that it does, mm-hmm. which is inherent to the monster. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wikitiki has a better name than the Yaoi Yahoo, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. It's not better than WrestleMania. No, for sure. So I would say it's just above Legend of the Vampire. Like, it squeaks by. I think okay. I think if we had a tie for things, which we don't, I think Legend of the Vampire and this movie would tie. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I would still probably put it a little bit above Legend of the Vampire because I think Legend of the Vampire was paced poorly. Yes. And this one wasn't. Like, just from a standpoint of craft and writing, mm-hmm. I think this is a better film. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would say they're about the same. Agreed. (sighs) So that makes the list as follows. I am super concerned now with this trend of the gang travels to another location and experiences the culture. The fact that where's my mummy is coming (gasps) up makes me worried. Because, oh my gosh. Let me go ahead and add some more to this list. That way we know what we're looking at. Hold on. Yeah, we're going to have to add in, aren't we? Yeah, I have to add some stuff here. Next episode will be in 2020. Scooby-Doo 2020. Alright, it looks like it sort of stops doing that thing for a little bit at least. Unless, maybe not. I don't know where this next, the one after that takes place. Pirates Ahoy. <laughs> um, and then we have we have the more winter themed one. Of course. Out in March. That'll probably still be cold somewhere. Yeah. Didn't Georgia probably. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, mo- list is as follows. Monster of Mexico at the bottom. Above that is Reluctant Werewolf. And then meets the Boo Brothers. And then goes Hollywood. Followed by 
in Arabian Nights, Alien Invaders, Loch Ness Monster, Legend of the Vampire, Aloha Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania Mystery, Zombie Island, Music of the Vampire, Scooby-Doo 2002, Mask of the Blue Falcon, Moon Monster Madness, Ghoul School, Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Cyber Chase, Goblin King, and Witch's Ghost. <sighs> Alright. What do we do for the exit? <laughs> we do plugs first. Um, such as... This podcast. You can find it on Twitter, at Kids and Their Dog. Or you can go to our website, kidsandtheirdog.wordpress.com, where you can find an archive of every episode we've put out. It's the same thing as you would find on the feed, unless it's not, and then let me know if it's different for some reason so I can make it the same again. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash kidsandtheirdog, where you can give us your money. Um, if you give us $1 a month, you'll get a shout-out on the show. Like, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. And Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. And Crash. Thanks, Crash. And James. Thank you, James. And Tanner. Thanks, Tanner. And Tess. Thank you, Tess. Uh, if you give us $5 a month, you'll get access to bonus episodes, which currently include an episode on Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And an episode about Pokemon games. And an episode about... That's it. Actually, those are the two bonus episodes. There's also the character creation of Ravencroft Manor. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I'll tweet about it later. I'm just going to put it out in 2020. The holidays are too busy at work for me to actually have a chance to edit <laughs> anything ever working 12-hour shifts. Understandable. Sorry, but it will happen, I promise. Uh, if you give us $35 or more a month, I will send you a CD with the podcast on it. We all, we'll talk about which episodes you want. Um, if we, as a collective group, hit $50 a month, we will cover some of the cartoon shows about mystery-solving teens and talking dogs. And at $100 a month, I'll make Kids and Their Dice an actual thing, which I'll have to, like take time off of work for probably that's the thing for the patreon um lava where can people find you on wherever you want to be found you can find me on twitter at lava bees l-a-v-a-b-e-e-s and that's about it all right and you can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T, where you can find a video of me eating a banana with ketchup on it. I did it for the goof. What was that from, by the way? I didn't look into it. 
<clears throat> so I listened to a podcast called The Morphin Grid, which is hosted by Jake Mason, who was a guest on this podcast. And I have guested on their program as well. Um, in an episode of Power Rangers Time Force, there is a mutant from the future who, once he is released from time jail, goes to a diner and ravenously eats a banana coated in ketchup. Oh, God. And because he eats it on screen, it means the real life actor had to eat it. Ugh. And they were talking about how gross that seemed. And I was like, well, and this is like, we are now in the next season of Power Rangers on their podcast. And they they still occasionally bring up how gross it was. <laughs> and so I ate a banana covered in ketchup. Um, it was fine. <laughs> I wouldn't do it again. Right. But, like, it tasted like Chef Boyardee tomato sauce. Oh, God. Well, thank you for explaining. Um, yeah. And there's stuff like that on my Twitter account. I also host a pod... I co-host a podcast called Free Cure Podcast Engage, a podcast about Pretty Cure. As well as sometimes Ben 10. We're coming up on our second Ben 10 episode. Be prepared. I'm also on a podcast called Hey Let's Talk About It. At Hey Let's Talk Cast on Twitter. It's a podcast that where me, Crash, and Charlie talk about things. It is currently on hiatus. It will come back in the new year. I will post the Sonic the Hedgehog episode eventually. But probably not immediately. <laughs> I'm punching at the air as I talk, which is why there's weird emphasis. <laughs> um, and that's it. So next month we will be watching Where's My Mummy? Possibly with a guest. I'll have to get in touch to make sure they're still down with it. And until next time. Okay. They would have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for us meddling kids. Gonna have a hooky low. You wanna come back when the wiki tiki calls. You wanna come back to the island waterfalls. You wanna come back when the island calls a lower scooby doo. You wanna come back when the hummingbirds is high. You wanna come back with a twinkle in your eye. You wanna come back where the surf is getting high, scooby doo. When you see the moon. Fingers in your hair, the breeze will sigh gently in your ear. The words are clear. Mahalo, no kaoi, Scooby Doo. Mahalo, no kaoi, Scooby Doo.